Section 7 of Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. The World's Story, Volume 5, Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. Edited by Ava March Tappan. Section 7. St. Francis of Assisi, 1182 to 1226 by Ava March Tappan Thousands of honest, conscientious men and women had given up their homes, their friends, and even the most innocent pleasures of the world to become monks or nuns or recluses, to live a life that they believed would make them acceptable to God. They taught those who came to their schools, and they fed the hungry folk who gathered at their gates. But there were hundreds of thousands of people who were not reached by the monks and nuns or even by the clergy and orders were now formed whose business it was not to remain in a cloister, but to go out into the world to preach the gospel to the poor and needy and help them in every way possible. The men who joined these orders were known as preaching friars, from the Latin fratres and the French frères, meaning brothers. The founder was St. Francis of Assisi, as he is now called. His father had made him a partner in his business, but the son's only idea of managing money was to give away all that came into his hands, and the father soon brought the partnership to an end. One in particular of the sayings of Jesus burned in the young man's heart, and he said it over and over to himself. It was, Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor scrip for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. This command Jesus gave to his disciples when he sent them out two by two, and the honest young Francis made up his mind that in this way preachers ought still to go forth into the world. He laid down his staff, put off his shoes, flung away his purse, and fastened up his gown with a girdle of rope. He gave up all claim to his inheritance, and went out among the people to tell them that God loved them, that Jesus had died, had risen, and was alive forevermore. A few other enthusiastic men joined him. He required that the vow of poverty should be a real one for them, both as individuals and as an order, that they should work with their hands for their food, and that if work for wages failed, they should beg their bread from door to door. Charming little stories of the saint and his followers are told in The Little Flowers of St. Francis. One tells us that he and Brother Matteo begged some crusts of bread, and sat down on a stone beside a fountain to eat them. "'Oh, Brother Matteo, we are not worthy of this great treasure,' St. Francis exclaimed. But the matter-of-fact Brother Matteo replied, "'How canst thou talk of a treasure, when we are so poor and in need of everything? We have neither cloth nor knife nor table, nor house to eat in, nor servant or maid to wait upon us.' St. Francis answered in all simplicity and sincerity, "'And this is just the reason why I look upon it as a great treasure.' because man has had no hand in it, but all has been given us by divine providence, as we clearly see in this beautiful table of stone and in this clear fountain. Wherefore, let us beg of God to make us love with all our hearts the treasure of holy poverty. The Franciscans went about doing good. The name that their founder chose for them was Fratres Minores, or the Lesser Brethren, for, as he said, none could be less, that is, of lower degree, than they. They cared for the sick, and devoted themselves especially to the loathsome lepers, 
those sufferers who were driven out of the towns as too disgusting for folk to look upon. They journeyed everywhere, from England to Syria. They had no fear, and without a thought of danger they went among the Mohammedans. Francis asked the sultan to have a great fire built, and I will enter it together with your priests, he said, that you may see which religion is the true one. The sultan replied quietly that he hardly thought any of his priests would be willing to make the trial. He offered Francis many gifts, which the saint refused, and then sent him back to the Christian camp. Francis insisted upon absolute poverty. He would not own even a breviary. A church was given him to be the headquarters of his order. He was glad to have its use, but he refused to own it. And each year he sent to the donors a basket of fish to indicate that it was not his, but theirs. He loved animals, and if half the legends of his intercourse with them are true, they recognized this love. And dogs, doves, and even savage wolves trusted him. One of the most beautiful stories told of him is of his preaching to the birds. My little sisters, he said, you owe much to God, your creator, and ought to sing his praises at all times and in all places, because he has given you liberty and the air to fly about in, and clothing for yourselves and for your young. He has given you fountains and rivers to quench your thirst, mountains and valleys in which to take refuge, and trees in which to build your nests. Your creator loves you much, and therefore he has bestowed such favors upon you. Beware, my little sisters, of the sin of ingratitude, and study always to praise your Lord. The story declares that the little birds flapped their wings, bowed their heads to the ground, and after he had made the sign of the cross to dismiss them, they rose from the earth and flew away in four directions, all singing most sweetly. St. Francis cared little for the learning that comes from books, but educated men were charmed with his sincerity and his lovable character and became his followers. An order of Franciscan nuns was formed, the Poor Ladies, and also the order of the penitent men and women. The members of this third order might remain in the world, but they were to dress simply, to abstain from worldly amusements, to bear no arms save in defense of their country or the church, and to pay strict attention to the required fasts and times of special devotion. The dress of the Minorites varied somewhat in different countries. In England they wore grey, and therefore in that country they were often called the Grey Friars. End of section 7